The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest on the program this week is the lead singer of Loose Buttons, a New York-based indie band who released their debut album, Something Better, on February 7th. Stereo Gum said that the album's title track is, quote, sunny, summery, and smashes its way into consciousness with raucous guitars and layers of reverb. You can find out more about the band by visiting loosebuttons.bandcamp.com. We are happy to welcome our guest, Eric Nizgretzky, on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Eric. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going great, and I'll tell you why. I was already excited to do this interview because I think what you've been doing with this with this project and sort of creating the ultimate DIY album that you guys did already put a smile on my face, but now I'm even more excited to do this interview because I found out in the pre-interview with you just now that you are a graduate of the finest academic institution in all of higher education, the university of Miami, my alma mater. And I'm so thrilled for you there. Like you're, you're a graduate of the frost music school, which must mean that the music you're making is pretty gosh darn good because you had some great training. <laughs> what was the experience like Thank at you. UM? I want to reminisce with you. I mean, I I was briefly telling you, but I mean, the, the experience at the University of Miami, I'm super grateful for it because I literally met, and I was telling you, I met my family at the University of Miami. I met my network um, and my closest friends and collaborators. You, you, I didn't realize how talented musicians were until I actually left New York and then went to the University of Miami and I saw how incredible people are at their craft. Um, so for that, I'm forever grateful. And also, I got to spend four years in Miami, so I can't complain about that. Certainly not. And the Break the Business podcast, Eric, has been the beneficiary of having so many fantastic UM alums on this show in one way or another. Uh, Emia's been on this podcast. Laura Maison, our, our listeners remember Natalie Gelman. If you go way back into the archives, she was really terrific. Zola was on the podcast not lot, that long ago, and I know I'm missing a bunch of names, but the University of Miami Frost School has brought it on this podcast. And your yeah. band, sir, is no exception. Uh, I've loved listening to this track that you sent uh, that we're going to play a little bit later on the show, which is the title track to the album, your debut album, something better. But before we get into all that, can you tell the listeners a bit about that sound of your band? So, yes. So really quickly, I just want to say I'm a massive fan of Emia and a massive fan of Zola. So I'm very happy that they were on the podcast as well. Well, you have good taste. Great representatives of UM. Yeah. You have great taste indeed. (laughs) So yeah, so really, so really quickly. So the the band, I mean, we make we make uh, good old fashioned New York indie rock. Um, kind of, you know, we joke around that a lot of people call us garage, you know, a kind of garage rock sound. But we honestly, we rehearse and we 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 took a storage unit and we turned it into our rehearsal studio. So we like to call ourselves storage rockers <laughs> in that sense. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's we're we're making you know, New York indie rock. That's probably at the core of it, what we were doing. And I, I love that sound. I, I, I do get kind of like that storage unit 
playing inside feel to it. And, and there's not enough music like that anymore. It's almost like a music from a bygone era, and it's really, really fun to listen to. Just great, great sound. Uh, and I, I want to talk a bit about your band's history, because this album that you that you just released, Something Better, it's not the first release of your band, it's, but it is the first full-length no. album you guys put out after you put out a couple EPs. Yeah. And so I want to ask you something that I think a lot of indie artists often are asking of themselves and struggling with, which is, when did you know the time was right to move on to the full-length album after you did a few EPs? Because I know a lot of artists struggle with this question. Like, when did you know it was right for your band? For sure. It honestly really stemmed from after we put out our last EP, we, you know, we started getting good press on it. And a lot of the press that was coming back to us was asking, well, when's their, when's their debut? Like, when's their full length coming out? So we kind of knew that we, after we recorded our second EP, um, we, we knew that we wanted to, to, to kind of put on our big boy pants and put on, put on a, put out a debut record, a full length, and actually have a cohesive body of work, you know, eight songs that really mesh together and uh, play on certain themes together. So that was kind of, it was really through the press that we decided that, or rather realized that we needed to put out a full length. So the EPs and the reception you got from those EPs sort of signaled to you guys that, hey, we're getting some good momentum here. People are buying what we're selling. They're loving it. We should move on to a full length. And I I love the way that you guys put this together because, you know, this podcast is a celebration of indie creators and the quote unquote DIY musician. But few artists that we've had on this show seem to embrace the DIY model quite like you guys do with the release of Something Better. This was a very much a DIY effort. You, you guys put out this project truly independently. You booked and promoted your own album release show as well. I, I got to yeah. know, what was that experience like? And do you have any advice for artists when they're trying to put their own release shows out? If they have to do everything themselves, do you have any tips for them on how to manage all that without losing their minds? So we, we've been doing everything on our own since the moment we started this, you know, this project and this band. And, you know, we also have, you know, a few other artists that we manage and release as well. I mean, we enjoy doing that. We enjoy pulling our hair out a little bit, but pretty much we, over a a period of time, we've, we just, we've created such a network and have created so many relationships with people throughout New York and, and honestly nationwide by this point. So when we, we felt like we had a lot, of our uh, our ducks in a row when we knew that we wanted to put out this record and how we wanted to release this record and we we needed to do that through putting out the EPs first and kind of build a momentum as you were saying earlier um and through that you know people start reaching out you start reaching out to people and you start start building a resume it's, it's no different than kind of getting a job you have to build a resume and we've been working on building our resume and there's still more to build and more people to collaborate with but that's pretty much it people love collaborating so that's what we learned and we kind of did it that way and it sounds like from what you were saying before that you you had some experience with this because you were kind of cutting your teeth on the album release process by doing this work for other artists uh, how, how did you sort of totally. gain the background to be able to do that work for other creators i mean there's so m- the only way to learn is by making mistakes I am a huge believer in that. I've made way more, you know, so many mistakes, but that's how I, how I learned how to do something right. 
Um, you know, for us, we understood kind of where where our sound and where our scene leans in in the city and in New York, and through that, where you know our consumers, you know, where where they're going to find our music. We knew the rooms that we needed to play, the bands that we wanted to play with. So we kind of had to put together those lists and start reaching out and, and showing how it's it makes sense for both parties to collaborate on this. You know, on a venue standpoint, venues just want to make money, of course. They want to put on and curate a good night. We knew that if we put together the right bill, we're going to attract the right customer for them. Through that, we're going to actually get our fans and a, a room and we're going to meet other, you know, find about, find out about other bands and fans about of other bands are going to find out about us. So it's just kind of this, this circular process that it's kind of always happening. Gosh, if, I mean, if that's not the best lesson to learn right there, I mean, nothing is the idea of helping yourself as creators by helping others around you, uh, it sounds like Eric and loose buttons all about a community. Yeah. You, you built this community. It sounds like you were able to, uh, build these relationships, help other musicians, and along the way, you built relationships not just with creators, but we're building all sorts of contacts throughout the industry that you were able to leverage when the time came to release your own album, and uh, it sounds totally. like that you know, worked out very, very well for you. I'm so glad to hear it. Totally. Uh, there was something else about your release that intrigued me, and it's something that I haven't seen artists do in a long time, but then all of a sudden in the last few years, I'm seeing all the time which is artists releasing their albums in vinyl. Uh, can you talk about what yeah. motivates you guys to want to do a vinyl release? There's something super romantic about listening to music on a vinyl. I mean, for us, it was all it was this holistic idea of putting out an album because we wanted an album that was had a start and a finish to it and that you couldn't skip. And the the best thing is on a vinyl, you just throw that on and you listen to it start to finish. So to, for us, that that all the vinyl was this, the the last stage of that that process. And you know, some of my favorite records, you know, that I've ever listened to, I listen to them on vinyl. So we really wanted to kind of solidify the end of this process by having it on a vinyl. Um, and at the same time, vinyl sales have been going up, and the actual consumer of indie rock music enjoys buying vinyl and finding out, you know, going to their local record store and finding it, finding that record. Um, and I, I'm one of those consumers. So I, I love going to a record store and finding, you know, new music that way. So we re we knew that we wanted to do that. And we played many shows at a, uh, at rough trade in, in New York and we worked up a great relationship with them and they, really badly wanted to collaborate with us the same way we wanted to collaborate with them. And they're selling our record there. We actually played a show there last night and uh, it was great. It was, it was mutually beneficial. We got to play a really great show there and we sold out of our record there. So they're asking for more. It's, it's a perfect situation. So how do you get these vinyl records made? I assume you don't have a vinyl pressing plant in your apartment. Uh, what, 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 <laughs> what's, what's the process like for that? So, yeah. So our mix, our mixing engineer, um, he recommended these guys called Vinyl RPM. They're uh, they're great. I think they're based out of Florida as well. I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but they were great. They pressed uh, they pressed their vinyl for us at a did it at a really quick pace. It's a nice thick vinyl, and um, they sent that right over to us. And then we started our process of getting it into record stores. 
and reaching out to these record stores and explaining to them why they need our record uh, to mingle with all their other records. Well, I want to talk about record stores because you hinted earlier that you got this album to be sold out of Rough Trade, which is the biggest record store in New York City. But as we said, this has been truly a DIY project. So you didn't have a... Any, any kind of physical distribution company out there plugging you to, to get you into this record store. And so no, now I'm just curious. This is just picking up the phone. I mean, that's like, was it just that simple? Like, how did you, how did you get your album with no physical distribution into the biggest record store in New York? So it had a little bit to do, and this is what I'm talking about, where I was talking about earlier, that it's, it's, a, it's a long process. Anybody that thinks that this is, this is a sprint and that you're going to be the biggest band in the world in six months or a year. It's just, you know, it's just not how it works. This is a long process. It takes a while to build those connections and those, uh, those relationships. And so we played, we played a few shows at rough trade. And so we, we, we met that team and we know those guys there. And we, um, so through that, when we reached out to them, explaining to them, Hey, we're finishing up this record. Um, you know, we had, a pretty good you know because of the last eps we started to get gain some good momentum which is and through press which is always a stamp of approval you always need those stamps of approval to help elevate you in the industry um but you could do those in organic ways and we we have done that and so through that you start creating a pitch and you know we figured out how we wanted to pitch this record and um it really they realize that there's enough momentum right now where we're actually, they're going to make some money on this. We're going to make some money on this and we're going to create the visibility we need um, at their store. And in general in New York, which is the biggest market for the music that we make. There is so much for indie artists to be inspired by of the story of your music and how you were able to accomplish so much on what seems to be a truly DIY project. But now I want our listeners to be, inspired by the music itself so we have uh, the title track of your album something better right here we're going to play it right now on the break the business podcast
was the title track off of Loose Button's debut album, Something Better. It's available now, and we're talking with Loose Button's lead singer, Eric Nisgretzky, here on the Great Break the Business podcast. Eric, thank you so much for letting us play that. That was terrific. Of course. Thank you for playing it. Oh, what a joy. This has been a fantastic interview. I've enjoyed hearing about this story, about just what a band can accomplish with hard work, with helping other musicians. There, there's so much to be inspired by. The uh, just having the gumption to pick up the phone and go to a, go to the biggest record store and getting them to to get your vinyl record, everything about that's so cool. Plus, you're a cane, and I love that. Go Canes! But <laughs> yes, and so every everything about this story, I'm digging. But uh, I, I do want to ask you one last question before we let you go this week because I'm particularly interested in hearing your answer to it. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? For sure. Um, I say this all the time and you can ask all my friends, but the biggest thing that anyone can do is to build a community or join a community of musicians and artists that are all on the same page, not even necessarily on, you know, creating the same stuff, but you're just, you got to be a team. It takes a village. Um, through, if you look throughout history, any, um, scene that has gained momentum is through a community, through a group of friends who have the same goal at the end of the day, which is just to promote great music and great artists. And we, and to circle it back, I met my family pretty much at the University of Miami. It doesn't matter where you are, as long as you can cultivate a scene and a group of people that um, you could start a community with, then you're honestly, you're 90% there. Because at the end of the day, you just want to share music with people who enjoy both creating it and listening to it. So yeah, creating, creating that family and that community is the most important thing. There is no substitute for building a fantastic community as an indie artist and try and using that community to allow you to thrive and all of the folks in your community to thrive. And Eric, 
We are so honored and so happy that you joined our community this week and have had just a fantastic yeah, conversation you. with us. You can find out more about the band by visiting loosebuttons.bandcamp.com. Check out their debut album, Something Better. It's available now. Eric, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast. Thank you.